and I'll be good. Father, just invite your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we thank you for your word, that it's like it's a lamp to our feet and a guide to our path. And as Mark speaks tonight, may we know which step to take in following Jesus. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Thank you so much. Lovely to see you, friends. And um, I know last week we were advertising the fact that we were going to have a guest speaker here. He's still in Uganda. So uh, I've had to step in in his place. I'm very sorry about that. Do pray for him because he's supposed to be turning up to speak at New Wine next week. And if he doesn't turn up then I certainly shan't be stepping in. So uh, pray that he actually gets his uh, visa and gets through uh, to uh, be with us. Um, John, I'm looking at John's Gospel tonight. If you want a Bible, grab one from the back. If you haven't got one or pick it up on your phone or whatever it is, the bit of equipment that you've got that you follow uh, in the Bible with. Well, the good news is that we won the second test. That's good news, isn't it? So a great result. Doesn't happen very often if you're Australian here. God bless you. But uh, it is is just such a rare thing that England do so well at anything at all. And, And the fact that we've done well at this is a wonderful thing to celebrate. We're having quite a good year so far in sport, which is highly unusual for us. So we're all feeling very encouraged. Uh, we, we, uh, uh, Richard um, Thomas started last week with this new little series we're doing on transformed lives. And uh, I just want to think about the disciples this evening. Uh, their lives were totally transformed. Um, uh, Chris was reminding us uh, back in May, and of course it'll be written on your heart and you'll remember it so very well. But here reminding us on, on Pentecost Sunday that there were only 120 people in the upper room uh, waiting uh, for the Spirit to fall. And those 120 people transformed the world. It says they turned the world upside down. Acts 17. Literally turned the world upside down. The, the, the Christian uh, uh, faith community is still the largest faith community in the world. It is still growing uh, at a tremendous rate around the world. We're not necessarily seeing such great growth in this country. Um, we're longing for that tide to turn, and I think it is slowly turning, but, but there is massive growth around the world uh, of the Christian church. And uh, uh, it's, it's good news. Um, and it came from these came obviously from Jesus, but it, but it came from these disciples whose lives are completely transformed. Uh, their, their lives were, were changed uh, because they met uh, this person who brought transformation. When Jesus first uh, came uh, uh, and declared his ministry, it was a time uh, in history of great expectation. It was a time when people were anxiously waiting to hear from God. If you, if you, you, you'll know your Bible well, but if you, you know the Old Testament, you'll know there are great swathes of time where it seems like God is silent. 
And uh, there are a couple of verses in the Old Testament, you can breeze past them, but over one verse uh, in one of my readings this week, in my quiet times, it was like, there's like 150 years just sort of in one verse, you know, you, you pass by these things, but there are great swathes of time where it seems that, that the people weren't connected with God. There are other times, of course, when people were so connected with God and, and someone was open to hearing from God, they had an expectation that God was going to come and speak into their lives. And so you get kings like Saul and David and uh, Josiah and Jehoshaphat and others who, who absolutely choose to listen to God and follow the ways of God. And God is able to come in and change uh, uh, history because he works through his people. And he continues to work through his people. He continues to work through you and me. He continues to work through our uh, lives. And uh, it's into that time when there's this great expectation. There's been, a, there's been hundreds of years of silence that there's this growing sense that God is going to do something. And, and it's into that that John the Baptist bursts on the scene. And uh, he comes with a message of repentance. He comes with a message saying, repent and turn again to God. John, who was a prophet. If you look at all the prophets in the Old Testament, you can study every single one of them. They only had one message, repent and turn again to God. That was their message. They always came at the low points. They came at the point where the people of God had lost connection with God. They came at the point where, where, where they, they found themselves at the low ebb, where they could go no further down. And it seems at that point, when they were beginning to get desperate, that they start crying out to God. And God hears their cries, always sends someone along, and the person comes with the same message. Well, just turn again to God. It, it, you'd think, wouldn't you, after all these years, that we'd have got that message now. Just turn again to God. If you turn again to God... Things do seem to work out. If you trust in him, things will work out. If you, if you put him first in all things, things will work out. And uh, it's, it, he's, he comes onto the scene. And um, uh, John chapter 1 verse 29, it says this. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. So John's come on the scene. He's, he's, he's declared people to re- repent and return to, to their heavenly father. And um, uh, he's baptizing people with this baptism of repentance. Then verse 29, it says, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is John who's a prophetic guy. So he's, he sees Jesus for who he is even though Jesus isn't yet declared for who he is publicly. This is the one who says, I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. This is the one who says, I'm just a voice in the desert. I'm just someone that that would shrink back, that he would increase. I would decrease, that he would increase. That that this, I'm just preparing the way. And then it's this proclamation. And he, he is the one. He is the one, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, there is the Savior. Then I'm jumping to verse 35 where I want to get to. The following day, 
John was again standing with two of his disciples. So John's got this following. Any rabbi at the time, any teacher at the time, anybody who was talking about God at the time, they would get a following. People would come and follow to try and listen at this. And you can understand, can't you, in a time when there's this, when there's rumor upon rumor that God is going to speak again, that God is going to connect with his people, people are eager to hear. And, and John has already caused a huge stir uh, amongst the authorities, a huge stir amongst the people of God. So he's got some disciples who are following him. And he says, as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. I love that. John, John didn't just talk about it. He, he points to, the, to Jesus and his disciples immediately transfer their allegiance. There was something about Jesus that, that just drew people to them. Just drew, drew people to him. Look, look, there's the Lamb of God. And John's almost like, just follow him. That's what I'm here for. Just follow him. He's the one that you need to be following. And Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. I think that's terrific. The first question Jesus asks in John's Gospel here. What do you want? I don't think God's ever stopped asking that question. What do you want? What do you want? I think God would ask you that question like he'd ask me that question. What, what do you want? I don't know if you've ever done that exercise when you, you, know, you're, you're, you, you, you perhaps have a quiet time and you're praying and, and uh, I do that little thing. I, 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 I do that little thing, uh, adoration, uh, confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication, asking. So just, I always begin just by giving glory to God. Um, uh, if, if I'm driving in the car, I, I sing. If I'm anywhere public, I don't. But if I'm in the car by myself, I'll sing. I, I, I only know two songs all the way through by heart. I, other, others I think I know, then I get partway through and realize I don't know. I've got no idea how worship leaders remember all the words to the songs, but I can never remember them. So uh, I either sing Faithful One, I know that all the way through, that's not a problem. And I know Jesus loves me, this I know. That's not a problem either, I know that all the way through, from beginning to end. I've been singing it uh, ever since I became a Christian. So I can sing one of those two, it's not a problem. It doesn't seem, God doesn't seem to mind which I sing, it doesn't seem fed up of hearing them either. So it makes, we're both happy. But there's a, I start with that adoration, uh, and then I start with confession, then I come with confession. So I start preparing my heart. Lord, I'm sorry my, if my thoughts have been right or my attitude's not been right or, 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 or I, I, I've done anything wrong or, or whatever it is. Lord, I, w- I want to make sure that I'm right with you. Do you do, do, you do that? And then you, start, then you come to thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for... Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how many of you woke up this morning thinking... Thank you, it's another sunny day. I'm like, I'm born for this. I could live with this every day. It's wonderful, isn't it? You just open the curtains and think it's another sunny day. I love it. Uh, just begin with thanking God and then you run through those thank yous. And then you get to the asking and God would be asking us, what do you want? What do you want? And you get to your asks. And when you get to your asks, you think, has anybody been there? You think, not quite sure, really. You know, it would be great to have this over here or that over there, but what do I want? I I don't know. I don't know. Just to stay close with you. Just to reflect you. 
reflect you in my words and reflect you in my actions and reflect you in my heart. And I'd, I'd love to be, you know, like John, just someone who points people to Jesus. I'm sure I'm no different from anybody else here, but that's, that's where we get to, isn't it? We just want to be... Because once you've been through all of that, you realize everything you've got. You think, well, Lord, I, I think, I, you know, it's a funny little thing, isn't it? But I often thank God that we got, I've got carpet in my bedroom. I think it's so nice to get out of bed and walk on carpet. That's because the first three years of my married life, we got out of bed and it was concrete floor. So, you know, you have, you just, you, you, I, I've never got over that. I'm just like, I love my carpet. You know, so I get out of it, it's carpet. On the, I love the carpet. Bare feet on the carpet, it's a great thing. So, you know, that sort of thing. If you've ever been uh, away on a camping trip or anything else, I was um, just reminded I was away on a men's weekend recently. And uh, I wake up in the morning, I remember, I come home, you wake up in the morning, you go, Lord, thank you that I've got a proper bathroom. You know, that sort of thing. I can go to the bathroom here. It's really nice. I don't have to go to one of those portaloos. You know, we don't like those, do we? We really don't like those. So, you know, you thank God for all these things. Then you get to the asks, and the Lord will say, what do you want? I, well, I'm not sure that I've got, I think I've got everything. I've, I, I, Lord, I'm so blessed in so many ways. I think probably all of us are here. So blessed in so many ways. What do you want? But that's what, the, that's what Jesus asks here. What do you want? And I love their reply. They replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? That's great, isn't it? God's asking them, what do you want? They go, well, where are you staying? What's your address? Can I have the postcode? I want to put it in my sat-nav. We quite like to go there. Where are you staying? What a bizarre question. What do you want? Well, where are you staying? I don't know. You know, we get to that point, you get to that point of fluster, don't you? What do you want? I don't know. I don't know. Where are you staying? Random. I love it. I love it. I, was, I had the privilege of, um, a couple of times recently, I've been up to uh, Downing Street and I was invited once. It was, about, it was about 18 months ago or two years ago or something. I was invited to go and have uh, um, a tea there with the Prime Minister and a few others. And, and uh, uh, it was, the Prime Minister came to talk to me and it's like, starts talking to me. And, uh, you know, I've got a thousand questions in my head. He starts talking to me. I couldn't think of one. I couldn't think of one question. I'm like, nice to meet you. <laughs> that was it, really. That was it. Nice to meet you. He said, nice to meet you. I said, well, it's very nice to meet you. <laughs> Thanks for the tea. Pleasure. Oh, that was it. He moved off then. So I, I got no idea. The, the, the Son of God says to the disciples, what do you want? Where do you live? That's a great answer, isn't it? But I think Jesus' answer to that question is profound. He says, come see. Come and see. Do you know, Jesus has never stopped asking giving that invitation come and see he says to us come and see come to me and see <laughs> come and see because if you come you'll meet with your heavenly father as you come you get changed come and see come and see what God has for you come and see his life in you come and see I, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think God's ever stopped giving that invitation. Come to me, he says, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will refresh you. Come and see. Come and see. 
Come, you who have no money, come, buy, come and see, he says. It's been given that invitation, Isaiah 55, right through the Gospels, come and see, come. Paul continues to give that invitation. John continues to give that invitation. Come, he says. God's invitation to us the whole time is come. Come to him. Come to him. He is the source of life. He is the one who will change us. Come to him. Come, you who are thirsty. I want to just... This is the thing. This is the thing about Jesus in his ministry. He has this lovely ministry of interruptions. Whatever he's doing, he's got time to stop for somebody else. Whatever's going on in his life, whatever's happening, he's got time to stop. Because in the interruption, that's where the Spirit is at work. So often we get tied down with our diaries, don't we, and our appointments. We've got to do this, we've got to do that, and then someone interrupts us. You know, they're interrupted with a phone call. I think it's so unfair these days that when we phone people, they can see who's phoning. And you'll phone, you think, oh, there's some phone. Well, just leave that for now. You know, I'm sure when I phone any of you, you go, I'm just going to put that over there. I don't want to speak to the vicar. But, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that, you know, you can see who's phoning, can't you? And then every now and again, you get, it says blocked. Does that say on your phone, blocked? No, I do hear that. No, I do. Better answer that. Every time my PA phones me, it says blocked. Oh, it's you again. Hello. So we get, you know, it's that we get. It's, 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 we can see who's phoning us, but actually, actually, in the interruptions is where God is at work. Have you ever had that? You're doing something, and all of a sudden there's an interruption. You think, I've got time for this, but that's where God is at work. He's at work in the interruption. Jesus always had time. And he invites us, like he invited those first disciples. He says, come and see. And it says this. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. Isn't that lovely? Come and see. I'll bring you, bring you along. Come and see. And they remained with him the rest of the day. I had a really busy day yesterday. I, I, I had lots to do. I didn't get done everything I needed to get done. I got up early and was out doing some stuff outside and, and uh, doing a bit of this and a bit of that and doing all sorts of things. And I thought, I, was got, I said to Lynn's my wife, I said, I'm not sure I can get everything done today, so I've got to get on with it, you know. And uh, I didn't have my glasses on, and I was down the bottom of the garden doing some stuff down there. And I saw Lindsay coming out of the house with a tray full of coffee and two people. And I couldn't quite focused. I couldn't work out who they were as they were coming out. And I was thinking, oh no, I haven't got time to stop. And she said, oh, come and say, come and say hello, Mark. So I walked up there, because they're all very smart, and I looked like I'd been dragged through a hedge backwards. But anyway, so they're nice, and I'm, because it was hot, wasn't it, yesterday? I'm not the nicest person to be next to, because I've been working in the garden for a couple of hours. And we sit down, and we had this conversation. And at the beginning of it, I'm thinking, I haven't got time for this, I haven't got time for this. Two hours later, I was thinking, God was in that. God was in that. God was in that conversation. God was in that meeting point. God was in that moment. And, and, and who was I to say I hadn't got time? God's in the interruption. That's, that's when he provides us, he presents us with the opportunity to walk alongside him, to work alongside him. 
Jesus always had time. He takes these guys and he spends time with them. And you know what? That's when their lives got transformed. We know you go all the way through scripture and they've done lots of other things, but basically their lives got transformed because Jesus spent time with them. Now, Jesus isn't here in person. He can't say to you, come now and see, but he does say, why don't you stop? Why don't you stop and spend some time with me? Why don't you stop and visit me? Because it's there that our lives get transformed. It's in that place of adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication. It's in that place of spending time with him that our lives get totally transformed. I want to um, just focus for a little moment because they, they went to the place that he says they remained with him the rest of the day and it said, Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, was one of those who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. We don't hear much about Andrew throughout the Gospels. He's one of those disciples that we know very little about. But this we do know about him. He went and got Peter and brought Peter. He, he had been invi- invited in to meet his heavenly father through Jesus. And that meeting so transformed his life, he went off to find uh, Simon. And he brought Simon uh, to uh, Jesus, Simon Peter, uh, to Jesus, to meet with Jesus. And, and Simon then gets changed and becomes Peter. And Peter is the one upon whom Jesus built the church. He was the rock upon which the church was built. So, so, so Andrew's response to Jesus brought Peter, who became the rock upon which the church was built, and we know very little about Andrew. We know he's the one that brought the, 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 the meal, the, the, the lunch box from the feeding of the 5,000. Everybody else is going, we've got nothing. He says, well, we've got this. <laughs> is, is this any good? And, and he knows that, that bringing it to Jesus, bring something to Jesus, transformation happens, because transformation happened in his life. And he saw it happen in his brother's life. And I think he got it straight away. I, I, I personally have found that this authentic encounter with Christ changes us. It changed, it changed Andrew. It changed Simon Peter. They became, they became people who brought transformation in other people's lives. And, it, it, and in that way, not seeking to promote themselves, but seeking only to promote Christ... And in promoting Christ, encouraging others to come, the Christian faith gets multiplied out. And hence, from that moment, the journey started to become the largest faith movement across the world that's brought transformation into many different people's lives. Then it says, the next day after Jesus decided to go to Galilee, he found Philip. And said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. And Philip, Philip went to look for Nathanael 
and told him, we found the very person Moses and the prophets were talking about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Peter replied. He's got the language straight away, hasn't he? Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Because this person will change your life. Come and see. And as they approached, Jesus said, Here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. I think that's one of the most extraordinary verses in scripture. He says, I saw you under the fig tree. And he says, you're the Messiah. You're the one. Come and see. Come and see and you get transformed. Nathanael is thoroughly uninspired in a sense by Philip's account. Nathaniel wasn't going to be caught up in some emotional fad. As far as he was concerned, there's no credibility in this report. And his skepticism is good. But his, the invitation to come and see, he can't turn down. As he comes, Jesus meets with him. Friends, our, our role in life as, as children of God is to say to people, Come and see. Come and see the God who transformed my life. Come and meet him and he will transform your life. You'll be different because you met with him. You'll be different because he knows you and he's waiting for you. Like Nathaniel. Like Nathaniel. He says, can anything good come out of there? And he goes to see him and Jesus says, well, I know you. I know you. I knew you before. You even responded, I know you. And his life is transformed. Come see. I was uh, really challenged by um, Chris's talk on uh, Pentecost Sunday night. If 120 people could turn the world upside down, what might we do? That's why I get excited about something like the noise. What might we do if we go change people's lives? What might we do if we're able to say to people, come and see. Come and see a community that would know you and love you. Come and see. Come and see a God who would know you and love you. Come and see and meet the one who brings transformation. Because we ourselves have been transformed. And we want to encourage that transformation in others. Jesus' first question, what do you want? What do you want? Whatever you want, you can take it to God. He'll, he'll listen to you. Take it to our Heavenly Father. He'll ask you that quote, what do you want? But he won't just stop there. He'll listen because he always has time. And he'll say, come and see. Come and see. And in that coming, transformation happens. Change happens. Our lives get changed. I'd like to pray for us this evening that our lives are transformed and changed by God. Now we believe here in the Lord still speaking today. Catherine's been 
painting here uh, prophetically, asking the Lord what he wants to say this evening. I've got no idea what she's done there. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, asking the Lord to speak to us. Some people get spoken to in pictures more than anything else. Some people might get spoken to in words. But I'd love to, in a moment, for us all to, to just wait on God and ask for him this evening to come and meet with us. He's got time for us. He asks us, what do you want? And he says to us, come. Come. And I believe when we do, he'll show us. Catherine, what have you got there in your um, picture? Can I just, can I have that mic? That's so kind of you. Okay, what's the Lord been saying? Well, that's pretty. Um, so it's a picture of balloons, um, all different colours. And then the, this is sort of like an illustration of us, I guess, people. Um, and it wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't massively clear. Um, so if anyone feels drawn to this painting, maybe you can even tell us what, what, how, it's, how it's personal to you. Um, but a few, a few sort of images that I got was the fact that, um, that we all sort of almost have a balloon, whether it be our lives, our faith. Um, and if we release it to God, he'll take us on an adventure. And um, the thought of a balloon, it can sort of like mold into loads of different shapes and sizes and get bigger, transform and get smaller. Um, but ultimately, if we, release, if we release it to God, he'll take us on an adventure of, um, of freedom and, and sense of like he's got us in his hands is in in control. Um, The other sense was that um, God knows us so, so well, like he knows how many hairs we've got on our head and and things like that. That's what I read while I was praying. Um, And just that he, like, just trust him and and maybe you can explain even more. Um, If you feel drawn to it or if you feel that there's a message in there that's particularly for you, you know, it's, it's all about sharing, so we'd love you to have a copy. So we'll photocopy it and you can have one and take it home with you. Great. Thank you, lovely. I'll give it back to you. So the Lord will have spoken through that picture to some of you this evening. There's something about balloons being released in the sky. We won't try to interpret it, but allow the Lord to do that in your heart. For others, maybe you're longing to hear the Lord this evening. Maybe you're thinking, you know, what, 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 the Lord might use me? Yes. Yes, he'd use you. All he asks of us is that we come to him. Let's stand.